KDLM Sports Wrap. Joined this morning on the phone by marathon legend Dick Beardsley. They were putting on this first ever London Marathon and they were looking for an American runner to come over, so I jumped at the chance. I was fortunate to win the race, but not by myself. Um, a guy named Ingus Simonson, him and I were duking it out from the halfway point of the race on. We're both sprinting towards the finish line, and at the last moment, Inga just kind of reached over, grabbed my hand, and we went across the finish line together. Weekdays at 930 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, KDLM, the station you can count on. Happy Friday, everybody! Almost to the weekend. Lots of stuff to cover before we get to the weekend, though, specifically sports-wise, as we do here on the KDLM Sports Wrap. Wild in action last night. They had a one-to-nothing lead, a disallowed goal, and then four unanswered, including a couple, a couple empty netters by the Seattle Kraken. Is the Kraken take the first ever meeting between the two teams? Had some. High school volleyball action last night. Lakers advancing in this Section 8-3A playoffs. Straight set victory over the St. Cloud Tech Tigers. We'll get to other volleyball scores and, and bracket updates. Also, first half of the sports wrap, we'll talk to a head coach, Laker football team, Reed Hefta. He's got his first career playoff game as a head coach tomorrow at 5 o'clock against the rival Ricori Spartans. We'll talk to head coach Reed Hefta. Second half of the wrap, we're going to talk some NDSU Bison football as they get ready for another home game tomorrow. Keith Brake from Bison 1660 will be my guest in the second half of the sports wrap. But first, let's rewind the, the last 24 hours in sports, specifically Minnesota Wild Hockey and high school volleyball scores. Rewind time. I don't know if our... Our thought process was it was going to be an easy night um, because, yeah, we were playing. We said the same thing, eight, ten minutes. We were playing extremely well. Um, but, you know, I think we got ahead of ourselves a little bit, and, and obviously they're a real good team, and just kept pushing and playing hard, and and uh, they took the game over after that, and, and uh, we couldn't catch it. That was head coach of the Minnesota Wild, Dean Evison, after last night's 4-1 to one road loss to the Seattle Kraken, game two of that three-game road trip. We knew the Wild were going to be shorthanded. We knew that two members of the Wild were going to be in COVID protocols. We didn't expect it to be uh, leading scorer Matt Zuccarello, as well as fourth-liner Rem Pitlick. They both missed the game yesterday. They're in NHL pro COVID protocol. Also, defenseman Alex Goligoski and Dmitry Kulikov missing the game yesterday with injury. But despite being shorthanded, the Wild scored the first goal of the game. Ryan Hartman, his third of the season. Turning point in this one, a Marcus Foligno goal was waved off. And then 14 seconds later, the Kraken scored the equalizer 
We have the first of four unanswered goals for the Kraken. Two empty netters late. They get the victory 4-1. to one. Cam Talbot, his first loss of the season, has 34 saves last night. Wild now 5-2 and two on the season, 1-1 one and one to begin this three-game road trip. Jonas Brodin says, yeah, they had their issues last night, but they can't blame being shorthanded for this one. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that's not a, no excuse. I mean, uh, we still have a great uh, great defenseman. Uh, I mean, uh, I think we came out pretty good. Like the first 10 minutes, I thought we played pretty good. And then they used to, uh, I mean, their team used to over. While back in action tomorrow, closing out the three-game road trip, taking on the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow at 8 o'clock before returning home to the X to take on the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday, November 2nd. High school section volleyball action last night. Detroit Lakes advances. They beat St. Cloud Tech in straight sets 25-20, 25-19, and 25-19. They'll take on the number one seed Alexandria Cardinals on Tuesday at 8.01. Election day, so you can't start anything until the polls close. So 8.01 next Tuesday, Alexandria advances. They beat uh, St. Cloud Apollo in straight sets Three to nothing. Other games of local and section interest. Bemidji over Sartell St. Stephen, three to one. Wadena Deer Creek, their season ends at the hands of Foley last night, three to one. Verndale survives a five set thriller with Swanville, three to two. Bertha Hewitt over Long Prairie Gray Eagle, three to one. Staples Motley advances. They beat Holding Ford, three to nothing. Ada Borup West over Red Lake County Central, 3-0. Moorhead beats Brainerd, 3-0. And like I just mentioned before, Detroit Lakes over St. Cloud Tech, 3-0. Charlie was in St. Cloud last night for this one. Talked to head coach of Laker volleyball team Lindsey Machkaire after the game. Nice win here tonight. I don't know. Uh, did you expect to win here in straight sets? Uh, what a performance by your girls. I did expect it. Uh, I, I, I should say I was a hopeful. We've been practicing for this all week. I knew they could do it. I believed they could do it. Um, so I'm really proud of the performance they had tonight. What was the ultimate difference in us winning this game for tonight? What do you think was the uh, was the X factor for us? They played for each other, not themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They played for each other. They did not let a ball drop. They worked together as a team. They communicated better. Um, our defense was phenomenal tonight. Our our passers, I brought Bailey Lindblad up here. She played a phenomenal game. Um Liv, Clark Bernadette, and Maddie um, Maddie Bellinger all just played their role back there. They didn't, they pursued everything. They weren't letting stuff just drop. And and that's I don't think we had a miss serve tonight. Maybe one or two. I don't. I'm not even sure. I haven't looked at the stats yet. But um, another thing that we practiced this week in practice, uh, some pressure serving, um, and and we just we we did we did we did the things we needed to do to take it home today. Felt like uh, you know they they were having a tough time serving the ball. We took advantage of that those mistakes, those miscues by St. Cloud Tech. Absolutely, they had a, significantly more miss serves than us. So I always say, if you can serve, our my, my goal for the girls is ninety seven percent. Most of them can do that, and so when we put that ball down that often, and they miss five or ten serves in a game, and or you know in a match, then it's pretty tough to recoup from that. And I knew if we kept a six six to seven point lead, five to seven. Um, we, we would be able to take it home. Alexandria won in straight sets tonight over St. Cloud Apollo. What we kind of expected, um, you know, obviously looking at them next week, Tuesday, right? Tuesday we will play in Alexandria, then would be my expectation on Tuesday night at 7. All right, uh, let's talk to Bailey here. Uh, Coach talked about the passing performance here tonight. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the win. What, is the, what does the win feel uh, like from a player's perspective uh, here tonight against uh, St. Cloud Tech? It feels like we worked really hard for it this week, and we've done a lot of practicing drills and a lot of running and hard work just to come up to this moment. 
Talking to Bailey Lindblad, who had a great night here. Uh, uh, you, you look at your outside hitters tonight, too. Uh, you guys had some really good offense, keeping St. Cloud Tech off guard, really, tonight. Uh, fantastic, offensively. Uh, for you guys, uh, uh, moving forward, obviously want to keep keep the momentum and maybe playing with a little chip on your fo- shoulder, too, knowing that, hey, we were the five seed. Everybody thought, hey, St. Cloud Tech deserved the four, but you guys proved the rest rest of the section wrong here tonight. Yep. We should have had that home seed, huh, Ben? <laughs> yeah, for sure. We definitely would have had more fans. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Uh, so uh, what do you think from a player's perspective? What do you, what do you guys feel like you're going to have to do against Alexandria next week? I think we're going to have to push Mark Carter, and I think we got him. All right. All right. Well, we'll look forward to Alexandria next Tuesday. Appreciate the time here, girls. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie, for coming down. We'll see you on Tuesday, hopefully. Absolutely. Lindsay Machikari and uh, Bailey Lindblad joining us here. So here's what the rest of Section 8-3A looks like. Four games last night and four straight set victories. Alexander over St. Cloud Apollo, 3-0. Detroit Lakes over St. Cloud Tech, 3-0. Two-seed Sock Rapids Rice, they beat seven-seed Becker, 3-0. And the three-seed Ricori beat six-seed Little Falls in straight sets as well. So... The semifinals for the Section A3 playoffs in volleyball look like this. Number one, Alexandria versus number five, Detroit Lakes, next Tuesday. That will be in Alexandria. And then the two versus three matchup, Sock Rapids, Rice versus Ricori. That one is also at 801. That game will be in Sock Rapids next Tuesday night. Three. Joined now by the head coach of the Laker football team, Reed Hefta. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Doing well, Zeke. How about yourself? I can't complain. Got a fun matchup on slate tomorrow. Lakers versus Ricori. Anytime these two teams meet, uh, specifically in the playoffs, you know you're going to get a good game. Oh, absolutely. We've you know had a lot of had a lot of good run-ins with these guys over the past you know ten years, especially since I've been around here. And you know, last time we played them, they got the better of us in a fourteen to six game, I believe it was. Uh, it was a section championship game, and yep. they went on to win the state championship. So it's always. Uh, kind of that's the the most recent game so it's always fun to you know that's there's still a little uh get your heart beating a little bit when you think about it you want to go out there and get some text messages from some alumni and they're all excited and you know so it's always, always kind of cool to see how that carries over now this was kind of the matchup that i heard you guys wanted i mean becker we, we know what, what was is going to happen with becker we know uh we didn't want that play game that four versus five seed but record was kind of the team that you guys had your eyes on this whole time for playoffs right yeah, it's one of those things where, again, we 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 you talk about it. You know, you bring those guys up, and a lot of our seniors, you know, they were sophomores the last time we played those guys, and it's something where you always want to compete against the best. And you know, obviously, we have great football here in Section Eight, and uh, it's one of those things where you know, obviously, you got to get to Becker at the end if you know if all things play out the way that they probably will. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things where there's no better way to evaluate your team, your, you know, your coaching, your culture of your program than going up against those top teams in the States. And it's something where I'm glad our boys are hungry for that. Talking to head coach and Laker football team, Reed Hefta. Now, as we get ready for the, the, the playoff game tomorrow at five o'clock in cold spring against the Ricori Spartans, let's go back to August. What are some, uh, some improvements, some changes and, and, and some growth that you've made, not just as a head coach, but also uh, with these young men? You know, the biggest thing is just getting getting our kids to buy in and pull in the same direction. You know, you see, you think of Coach Fleck at uh, at the GOAT first, you know, where he talks about everybody rows and row the boat and all that sort of thing, and getting everybody to pull in and buy into, you know, how I approach things, you know, as, as a new head coach. You know, I present things in different ways, and I've learned a lot from the previous three head coaches here. 
And uh, one of the big things is, is just you got to make sure that you understand that we all have to work together. And uh, that's been the biggest thing. And, you know, at the start of the year, you kind of figure out how you're going to develop that message, get the kids to kind of buy in and, you know, see where you are because, you know, they may know me, but, you know, a role of a, an assistant coach is different than a role of a head coach. So just getting that kind of the change in how we you know, apply and talk and communicate and then getting that kind of established has been great. And now it's been fun to see how we've gotten better at the end of the season, you know, where we've had our, we've taken our lumps sort of, sort of as the game, you know, season went on, but really just seeing how we can develop as, as a, you know, as a family essentially. So it's been cool to see how that's really grown. What are some, some of your personal proudest moments have been maybe, maybe an on the field moment and an off the field moment in your first year as head coach at Detroit Lakes Lakers? You know, one of the coolest things was over these last two weeks, uh, just seeing all of our kids kind of, you know, buy into what we said earlier, you know, talk about that family feel. And we had a situation a couple weeks ago where, you know, things late in the game, you know, it's a physical aggressive game. And, you know, normally when you have something happen on the sidelines, right, let's say that one of our players uh, tackled one of their players or something gets up and, you know, people talk after you have those collisions, things like that. And uh, a player from another team was saying something to one of our boys. And as soon as our boy was about to say something, our, one of our senior leaders and our, our quarterback, Bradley Swears, is on the sidelines, runs out there on the side, and just grabs him and says, we don't do that here. And nice. that was just one of the things where my parents were in the stands. One of my parents' best friends growing up, uh, she's an athletic director back in my hometown school. And she was like, I saw that, and I got chills. I was like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. When your boys are policing themselves like that, that's one of the coolest things there. And then just – Overall, just how we've, you know, behaved and, and, you know, performed in the classroom as well. I was just looking through our, our team GPAs yesterday, and uh, it was cool. So we have about 64 boys on the roster, and we have 25 kids, or 26 kids, actually, 26 kids who are at or above a 3.7 GPA, and as a team, we're about at a 3.2 GPA. Awesome. So that's just one of the things where our boys are not only, like, doing well on the field, but we're working at things that are, you know, bigger than just sports. So, Seeing that, it's been really cool. As we get ready for Ricori, uh, what are we expecting from the Spartans tomorrow night? They play tough-nosed, aggressive football. They'll try to spread you out, but they don't spread you out just to throw all over the place. They spread you out to find ways to isolate you as a defense. Um, and as our defensive guy, you know, that's something we have to be so prepared on. You know, their alleys of attack, whether it's, you know, inside uh, in the C-gap or on the edge. We have to be so disciplined wherever they go to try and get that edge or competitive piece. So we have to you know, make sure that we're doing our jobs. We're taking on the blockers. And what's tough, especially as, as on a defensive front, you know, you can't go out there and think that everyone's going to be J.J. Watt or, you know, Everson Griffin. you got to go out there and you got to take on blockers sometimes and you got to do your job so the guy behind you can make the play. And then on offense, especially too, uh, the thing is, is we got to make sure that we, we get the ball into the hands of our athletes and we got to make sure that we don't turn the ball over. And if that can happen, then, you know, anything can. Laker playoff football on KD 11 tomorrow. The semifinals of the Section 8 4A playoffs. Lakers versus the Recorey Spartans. Pre-game with Charlie and myself at 4.30. Kickoff from Cold Spring at 5 o'clock. Coach Hefton, thanks so much for taking the time out to join us on the Sports Draft today. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Go Lakers. We'll chat again soon. Right on. Thanks, Zeke. Go Lakers.
Head coach of Laker football team, Reed Hefta. Laker football tomorrow, 5 o'clock kickoff, 4.30 pregame show. The Section 8 4 a playoffs against the Ricori Spartans. Check out the sports wrap. Here's what's coming up. Keith Brake from Bison 1660. We're going to recap the nail-biter against Missouri State last week. We'll preview Indiana State at home for the Bison tomorrow. And some realignment rumors. It's something we've been talking about forever. Will the Bison move up? Will the Bison stay at FCS if the opportunity is presented to them to move up? Keep break. Bison 1660 next on the KDLM Sports Wrap. I'm MJ Acosta Ruiz with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Fantastic finish between the Packers and Cardinals. 12 seconds left. Cardinals down three, looking to win their eighth straight game. But Kyler Murray threw an interception in the end zone. A.J. Green didn't expect the pass to come his way. Never turned around, and Rasul Douglas was there for the game-ending INT as Aaron Rodgers, without Devontae Adams, hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season, 24-21. Packers have won seven straight after dropping their season opener. Elsewhere, Dak Prescott's status for Sunday night's matchup in Minnesota still unclear. The Cowboys QB has taken team snaps only in walkthroughs with Cooper Rush taking first-team action in practice the last few days. Dak saying the decision is not fully his, but if this were a playoff game, quote, no question, he'd play. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. At Lowe's, we believe fashion and function should live together, especially when it comes to flooring. That's why we put together a showroom with the top stylish brands like Bruce Hardwood, Smartcore Luxury Vinyl, and Satori Tile, all known for their reliable durability. See everything our showroom has in store for you. Order now and get it installed with help from Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Install available in-store only through independent contractors. See Lowe's.com for details and licensing. U.S. only. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico Week. Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. Imagine the looks on your extended family's faces this Thanksgiving when you walk in relaxed, fit, and happy. Now's the time to get your annual membership at the DLCCC. You'll have access to cardio equipment, weight machines, a walking and jogging track, racquetball and pickleball courts, the pool, backyard, and more. Buy your annual membership at the DLCCC beginning October 18th, and they'll waive the processing fee. That's a savings of over $50, plus enter to win a $500 gift certificate. Find out more at DLCCC.org. It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology. Enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, KDLM. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The seventh-ranked University of Minnesota men's hockey team entertains number 14 Notre Dame tonight and tomorrow in a Big Ten hockey series. We'll get a preview from Golden Gopher head coach Bob Motzko 
after this. Grab your tricks and treats and save at Cub, your one stop for Halloween. Get fresh 80% lean ground beef for $2.99 a pound, sold in a five pound package. My Cub Rewards members save even more on Nabisco snack crackers for $1.88 each. And now, Cub Pickup and Delivery has all the perks of My Cub Rewards, like exclusive digital coupons and fuel rewards with every online order. Pick up or let Cub deliver to your door with no hidden fees, only at Cub.com. My Cub, my way. See store for details. The Gophers and Fighting Irish face off at 3M Arena at Mariucci at 8 o'clock tonight and then again at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Minnesota head coach Bob Motzko says Notre Dame plays a low-scoring brand of hockey. I'm always cautious to say defensive, but they're well-coached. They're not going to beat themselves. We always have good games with Notre Dame. You're anticipating that. It's something our guys are familiar with, obviously. And, you know, we just got to, you know, like I, I, I'm just going to go back. We just haven't been hitting on all cylinders yet. You know, we've given up the first goal in five of our six games. Last year, I think 10 straight games, we scored the first goal. And that's just... There's a, there's a combination in there. It, it's nothing big, but it's but it's enough to where it's causing us to get off to a little bit of a, a start that you don't want to be. We've got to get we got some individuals that got a little get, get a little better. We got some coaches that got to get a little bit better, and, and we just got to have some things come together just to play a real solid sixty minutes. And and that's something right now in six games. It's giving us a roadmap of what we have to do to move forward. That's Gopher coach Bob Motzko. Meanwhile, the third rated Gopher women's team is at Bemidji State this weekend. For more info on Gopher hockey, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Could there be a better name? Auto Value Parts Stores. They aren't just about air fresheners or fuzzy dice. Auto Value Parts Stores are all about parts. Auto parts and advice. Pros who know auto parts with tons of tips when you need them the most. You want real value? Don't go to a place with a cute name. Go to Auto Value. Could there be a better name? I didn't think so. Your auto value parts store. We've got the parts. We've got the smarts. The 2022 Boat Preview is going on now at Outlet Recreation in Detroit Lakes and Fargo. The indoor showrooms are filled with new colors, floor plans, and options from Barletta, Crest, Harris, Crestliner, and Tyga. Now is the time to see everything new. And if you find one you love, they'll match your down payment up to $1,000 and store it until spring. Free food, daily giveaways, and more. It's all happening Wednesday, October 27th through the 30th in Fargo and Detroit Lakes. Go to outletrecreation.com for more information. Cal Soderquist with another Wolves Minute. Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves probably feeling pretty good about themselves, still riding the highs of Wednesday's upset victory over the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. It was a 113-108 result for the Timberwolves, but they led by as many as 20 in the ballgame before ultimately getting some big buckets down the stretch, especially from Anthony Edwards. Knocked down a driving layup and also a pair of free throws to keep the Bucks at arm's length. After the impressive victory, though, Ant was quick to caution the win means very little if the Wolves don't carry that same intensity into their upcoming matchup this weekend and beyond. But like I told the people after the game, um, that's just one game. With, with us, it's about uh, how many games can we put together as, as us playing like that. We can't come out and play like this versus defending champs and then go play Denver and don't bring the same energy. Like, as long as we bring the same energy every game, we, we're going to be a hard team to beat. We'll see if they bring it on Saturday against the Nuggets. Our coverage begins at 7.30 on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Here's your KDOM weatherology forecast. 
for today, plus some dense fog to start to the wise clearing skies into the afternoon with high temperatures working up into the lower 50s. Then for tonight, mostly clear skies will drop back to a low of 40. For Saturday, gradually increasing cloud cover with highs working up to 52. And then breezy and cooler conditions for your Halloween Sunday, highs in the lower 40s. That's your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. The KDLM Sports Wrap. They're embarrassing Adam Thielen, for goodness sake. <laughs> kind of sad, though, that we didn't have 60,000 people there on uh, Sunday to give Kirk Cousins a proper greeting when he left at halftime. Oh, that would have been great. Weekdays at 930 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Katie Lem Sports Wrap on a foggy Friday here in the Lakes area. Bison football back at the Fargo Dome tomorrow. A nail biter last week. Bison down at the half. We're joined now by Keith Brake from Bison sixteen sixty, and Keith probably the, the closest game that the Bison have had in, in, in quite some time. Yeah, it was intense. Uh, I mean, obviously the closest game they've ever had uh, against Missouri State. And at one point, Zeke, they were down 10 to nothing early in the game. And yeah. we all thought, uh-oh, uh, this this team full of transfers coached by Bobby Petrino uh, might actually be pretty pretty doggone good. Uh, it was actually 10 points is the largest deficit that North Dakota State has ever faced against Missouri State in, in uh, what is it, the 12 meetings that they've had. Um, but the Bison found a way to rally. Quincy Patterson gets a little dinged up. And they make a change at quarterback uh, late in the third quarter, go to Cam Miller, and the offense just comes to life, and they score two touchdowns, win it 27-20, to and they are the only team in the country in FCS that is and 7-0 this week, looking uh, at a pretty good chance to make it the only team in the country that's 8-0 after this Saturday. Yeah, the Saturday uh, 2.30 kickoff at the Fargo Dome against Indiana State. Back to that Missouri State game. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback change in the second half. We talked about this quite a bit last year with, with Zeb Nolan and Cam Miller. Is there going to be a quarterback controversy now that we saw what Cam Miller could do uh, in his Missouri State Bears squad, or is it is it still uh, Quincy Patterson's spot at this point? Well, like like country weather this morning, it's a little bit foggy. Uh, Quincy Patterson uh, was, uh, in, 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 from our understanding, according to Cole Jurek, the intrepid sideline reporter for the Bison Radio Network, uh, Patterson had been dealing with a shoulder injury earlier in the year that was affecting his release. So when you see him miss high on a lot of those intermediate passes, that's part of why. Also coupled with his relative inexperience, I know he's listed as a junior, but he's, he's played about the same number of college football games as Cam Miller has, uh, and that, that's going to impact his ability to do other things in this offense uh, that maybe Cam has that are strengths. The short game, the intermediate game are strengths for Cam Miller, whereas the beat pass is the strength for Quincy Patterson. But Quincy took a shot late in the second quarter, uh, landed kind of funny on it, and uh, – was forcing some things in the third, and then they had a a fourth down stop. They turned it over on downs in the red zone, and Matt Ince decided, okay, we're going to make a change. Quincy took it in stride, and Cam came out and uh, breathed new life uh, into the offense and gave them a chance after sputtering for a little bit to get back in the in the football game. Uh, I wouldn't read a ton into it yet. Um, if Cam Miller were to really the, the I think the big one is in two weeks this, this week, you know, if Quincy is hurt and they believe Quincy can win them a national championship, which they obviously do, or they wouldn't have named him the starter in the first place. I think they might hold him out and uh, would just let Cam Miller play and then bring Quincy back 
for the Dakota marker game. I think that's really two weeks from now in Brookings is when we determine, okay, this is how the starting quarterback position is going to look potentially for the rest of the year. Um, Matt Entz does, I, I don't know that he has a decision on his hands yet, but I, I would certainly imagine it has crossed his mind the possibility uh, that he could be riding Cam Miller for the rest of the year at QB. Yeah, Cam Miller uh, put, put up to a fantastic game and that opportunity he got. Uh, seven of nine passing, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Also, Christian Watson having himself a game again as well. Touchdown, four catches, 106 yards. Uh, this gets pretty good, huh? Yeah, Christian Watson's uh, the best wide receiver in the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, full stop. Yeah, full stop. The, the, like I, I love the the J- JMU's got a sophomore that's really good. You know, the Yankee kids. All right, Weston's good at Northern Iowa. Uh, there, there are some good receivers. Christian Watson is the best doggone wide receiver in the country, uh, bar none at, at this level. I, I mean, if it weren't for Eric Berrier uh, single-handedly outproducing most offenses in the country. I really think that we would be talking about Watson for the Walter Payton Award. He's that dynamic, that explosive. He's the fastest guy to come through this program, in my opinion, since I've been here. This is year six for me. Um, so I, I just his his overall athletic ability, coupled with his savvy as a receiver, he's got great moves down the sideline. Uh, his body control is incredible. The ability to get one foot down, the little toe drag swag to make those tough sideline catches and back of the end zone catches. Uh, it, it was awesome to watch him battle with Montre Braswell last week, uh, one of the better corners that he has faced. And uh, I think that's the kind of game that makes NFL scouts sit up and take note of what Christian Watson can do. And uh, I think we know who our next pro bison is going to be. Uh, it's just a matter of where do you find the fit for Christian Watson at the next level. Talk about the second half defense of that game against Missouri State. I mean, they, they, they gave up 10 points early and then only, what, 10 points the rest of the game? What kind of adjustments did you see from this Bison coaching staff on defense? Defensively, I think the main thing was just sometimes they lost contain on the ball carrier. And, you know, when, when you have, they talk about the cup, right, keeping the cup. And what, what that means is essentially it's just uh, funneling the ball carrier to where you want them to go. And sometimes a guy will be in the wrong spot. Sometimes a guy will um, just get beat one-on-one, and that leverage is gone. And that, that's what allows for big runs is when you lose that containment. Um, and, and there were some times where that happened, whether it was on uh, the quarterback, on Shelley, whether it was on uh, one of the enormous wide receivers uh, that Missouri State brought out there. Sometimes guys just didn't do a good job of funneling to the tackle. And that can lead to explosive plays. I think they got better at that. And also, the the coverage was really crisp in the second half. And that allowed this defensive front to get home a lot more. Um, and Shelley was running around. He was trying to you know make different things happen, eluding the rush. Uh, Jasir Cox, his sack came on a third effort pursuit. So you're going after the quarterback as the blitzer first. And then he gets away from you. And you're going after him again, and he gets away from you again, and you go after again, and finally you, you get him like the dog chasing down the bus. And Jasir Cox has played at a really high level, making some big impact plays. Braden Thomas back up front on the edge helped a lot for them as well. Um, I think the strength of this team is its defensive line, and they were eating in the second half in, in a big-time way. I would expect that to continue this week against Indiana State. 
Yeah, Sycamore is at uh, the Fargo Dome. Two thirty kickoff tomorrow. Bison seven and zero. Sycamore is four and four. What do we know about this uh, Indiana State squad? Uh, they've got some good players at a couple of different positions. Um, you know, Dante Hendricks, a wide receiver, got injured early in the year. Uh, could have had surgery that would have ended his season. Decided not to do that. Wanted to be aggressive in rehab and come back and play. And he had a hundred plus yard day against Missouri State with a touchdown. Um, they've got uh, the running back is okay. Um, but formationally, the, the, the big thing is deception. They use a lot of pre-snap motion. They motion on every single play uh, before the snap, trying to confuse the defense. I, I don't think from a personnel standpoint they can really match up with North Dakota State uh, 1 through 11 on the football field offensively or defensively. So they're going to have to use trickeration. They're going to have to use some some of that deception. They're relying on North Dakota State being undisciplined to get some big plays on offense that can give their offense some momentum, and they are relying on essentially what everybody else has been relying on this year to to combat North Dakota State's offense, which is just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, that That's really the, the long and short of it. Uh, for for Indiana State, you know, it, it is good to see this program back on the field. Though Kurt Mallory and company took the entire year off in 2020-21, that was really hard uh, for them, um, and they, they it brought them closer together. And Kurt even said that, you know, Kurt's got a lot of ties to former Bison coaches, current Bison coaches like Grant Olson, who was his linebackers coach uh, at Indiana State before Grant came home to Fargo. Um, so there there's a there's a lot of history there between. Coach Mallory and uh, the the North Dakota State. It's not necessarily on the field because this is his first ever trip to the Fargo Dome. But uh, there there's some history there. He's got a lot of respect for the program. I think there's a lot of respect for what he's trying to do down in Terre Haute. Uh, but uh, this this could be a lopsided score on Saturday. Dr. Keith Break from Bison 1660. One of the common uh, conversations Bison fans have, have been having is is this realignment uh, domino effect that's coming down for the Big 12 and could eventually reach the Bison. What's the latest on, on this realignment thing that we've been hearing about? Bison potentially moving up to FBS. Well, uh, it doesn't sound like North Dakota State's going to make the move. Um, you know, Conference USA uh, is, uh, is looking, is kind of exploring all options. Um, they have made some unsolicited phone calls to uh, other institutions. UConn was one of them, and UConn was initially interested, but then it got leaked, and uh, fan reaction was really hostile, and so they backed out. Uh, but New Mexico State and Liberty sound like the foremost options for them. Those teams are already in FBS. Uh, and if Marshall stays, that would get them to eight. And then they could really kind of focus in on uh, rebuilding the conference from a position of strength. If Marshall leaves, they need one more. And according to Pete Thamel this morning and others, it sounds like Sam Houston State uh, is the leader in the clubhouse to join them from the SDS ranks. Wow. That would mean James Madison and Sam Houston both leaving SCS for FBS in this round of realignment, two teams that North Dakota State fans have become quite familiar with over yeah. the last 10 years. So what does that do for, for, for parity in, in FCS if, if the Bison don't have James Madison and Sam Houston to battle every single year? Well, if anything, it opens the door for South Dakota State to actually get to Frisco consistently. There you go. Um, I, I think that's that's probably the big benefit. Uh, they're, they're the biggest beneficiary in all of this, but it, it diminishes the prestige, I think, Zeke, of being – an FCS institution because when the split happened in 1978, the, the idea was that the big boys ran 
in 1A, and the mid-majors were in 1AA, and being in 1AA was the highest level of mid-major football. That was true until about 2014. Uh, and then App State left, Georgia Southern left. Um, you know, there, there were more and more schools started moving up uh, and had been moving up over the last decade that uh, it, it kind of undercut the idea that the mid-majors and the peak of mid-major college football was 1AA or FCS football. And now it's kind of the group of five. And those schools are moving on. More and more schools are moving on. And those schools add to the prestige of the group of five insofar as they can. I'm not saying Sam Houston is some national household name. Right. But they add to the prestige at the expense of SDS football. So um, I think it's, it's something that you kind of wonder, what is the future of FCS if contenders – continue to move i mean the only constant for the last 40 years in in scs has been montana and even montana wasn't that constant you know the bob stitt era was a disaster by comparison to their expectations so um i i don't know what's going to happen to fcs if contenders keep getting leached away little by little um you know if Stephen f austin leaves if mcneese leaves kind of like okay sure that makes you know if that makes sense for you go do it but when James Madison leaves, when Sam Houston leaves, those are teams that make you sit up and take notice because those are teams that have won national championships. Mm-hmm. So, so do, do they just blow this whole thing up, or do they, they, they build it from the ground up, or, 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 or what do you think they do here? Because this is, this is huge if this happens. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, don't know, I really don't know what the future holds. I think FCS will continue. Um, and I think these FCS conferences will replace these schools that they have lost. James Madison leaving the CAA, they're talking about bringing in Howard, which has wanted to be in the CAA for many years. That's in Washington, D.C. Um, possibly also their rival Hampton, which is down in the Norfolk area, I believe, um, down in the Hampton Roads. And then um, they're also looking at Monmouth, a team that's been pretty good uh, in the Big South, and exploring their options there. I would imagine the WAC will look for some other schools uh, to potentially bolster its ranks. It can afford a defection or two uh, if it has to. Maybe they just take in all the, a bunch of those Southland public schools that, that, that in Louisiana that they were thinking about uh, or actively trying to get away from once upon a time. I mean, like a southeastern Louisiana or a Nichols might be a decent fit in the whack if the Southland is in trouble and the Southland is in a little bit of trouble. You know, the Missouri Valley movement's still not done. We don't know what's going to happen with Murray State after they're they're kind of on an island in the OVC right now. Mm-hmm. Belmont is leaving. The conference seems to be teetering on the brink of collapse. There was scuttlebutt they were going to move to the MVC for basketball and their Olympic sports. We don't know where their football is going to go. So that, that, that's been a holdup for them in announcing that departure. Uh, I think you're going to see a pretty pronounced shift. I would expect some Division II powers to move up, like a Valdosta State down in Georgia yeah. or a Grand Valley State in Michigan. But it's not really going to replace JMU and Sam Houston one for one. <laughs> yeah, at least not right away. That was my next question. What about uh, Division II schools moving up? But, yeah, I mean, you have to find some schools somewhere to fill in these gaps. Let's talk about, You're not going to find him in Minnesota. I, I know. No, yeah. no Saint, Saint, I, I Saint John's. Expect, no. Yeah, Man- Mankato, Bemidji, <laughs> Duluth, yeah. 
St. Cloud, they're not interested. No, no, they're 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 happy where they're at, beating up beating up on each other. Uh, let's talk some World Series. World Series tied one game apiece, heading into Game Three. Who do you got in this one? I, I picked the Braves in seven before the series started, and uh, really rooting for Eddie Rosario to get a ring. You know, his, yeah. his career has been kind of up and down and um, not not in my feelings at all about the twins and their decision to part ways with Rosario um, but I mean and, and honestly he doesn't end up in this position if he's not not good in Cleveland right. during the first half <laughs> of the year and and gets traded away as a sort of devalued asset uh, depreciated asset that's just written off by by Cleveland um, and he ends up in Atlanta and gets this opportunity and he has been a big part of their playoff run so far. I know he was 0 for 4 against Arkady and and, uh, that group um, the other night, but with Game 3 tonight, Atlanta did what they needed to do. They got a game in Houston. They took away home field advantage for the moment. Now it is the onus is on Houston to go reclaim that home field advantage tonight in Atlanta, but not really in Atlanta because it's in the northern suburbs. Um, They got to go get a game Tonight or tomorrow, probably, because if you lose these next two, you're in a 3-1 hole in Atlanta. The Braves have a chance to close out the World Series in five. And uh, that's not what you're looking for. You want to take this back to Houston and give yourself a chance to win it on your home field. So um, I I think this is a – we're in a pressure situation, really, for both teams, but I think Houston being the road team – you can take a lot off yourself if you go out and you get a good win tonight. Bison football at the Fargo Dome, 2.30 kickoff tomorrow on the Bison Radio Network. Keith, uh, what time do the, the pregame festivities begin for the Bison? 8.30 a.m. With, go- with my cohort, Andy Rickoff, in the weekend kickoff. And then at 10.30 from to 11.30, it's the Bison tailgate show with Brad Jones. Uh, he'll have a look all around uh, the FCS or what's left of it after this round of realignment. Uh, and then uh, from uh, 11.30 to 1.30, myself and Cole Jurek have Bison game day in a in the bus, our mobile studio outside the Fargo Dome. Uh, really fun. And then we'll be at Traditions after the game for Bison Hotline, taking calls and emails. Bison football tomorrow against the Indiana State Sycamores. Bison 7-0 looking to move to 8-0 against the 4-0, or excuse me, the 4-4 Indiana State Sycamores. Keith Brake from Bison 1660. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. We'll chat again next week. Zeke, great to be on with you. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, thanks again to my guests today. Head coach, Laker football team, Reed Hefta. Also, Keith Brake from Bison 1660. If you missed any of those interviews, you can go back and re-listen to them momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Lots going on today and tomorrow, high school sports-wise, both volleyball and football. Starting with volleyball matchups today in Section 8-2A, Dilworth Glenn and Felton taking on the Holly Nuggets. That game is at 7 o'clock tonight. You can hear that on our sister station, 102.3 KRCQ. Also in Section 8-2A volleyball tonight, you got Perham traveling to Barnesville, East Grand Forks at the top seed Monaga, and Roseau and Thief River Falls. In Section 6A, Lake Park Autumn and fresh off their upset of New York Mills on Wednesday, You've got uh, the Breckenridge Cowgirls awaiting the Lake Park Ottoman Raiders. Also in Section 6A, Underwood and Henning, Parker's Prairie taking on Belgrade, Bruton, El Rosa, and Clinton Graceville, Beardsley taking on Wheaton, Herman Norcross. Football action for tomorrow. Playoffs across the state starting in Section 8A at 2 o'clock. You've got Red Lake County and Ada Borup West. Also Polk County West taking on the Monoman Wabin Thunderbirds. Polk County West handed it to Monoman earlier this season. 
in Section 6A. These games are at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Breckenridge at Ottertail Central. You've got undefeated New York Mills Eagles taking on the Pine River Bacchus. Section 8, 2A football tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Holly at Pelican Rapids. That game will also be on our sister station, 102.3 KRCQ. Also, Warroad at Barnesville. Tomorrow in Section 8, 4A, 5 o'clock, Detroit Lakes taking on the Ricori Spartans at 1 o'clock in Section 8, 4A. St. Cloud Apollo and Becker. St. Cloud Apollo has been the closest to any team in the state to beating the Becker Bulldogs. It was a one-score game against these two teams a week ago. Becker, the number one team in the section, also the number one team in the state. In Section 8, 3A, Purim at Fergus Falls at 6 o'clock tomorrow. That will be on our sister station, Lakes 99.5. Thief River Falls, after upsetting East Grand Forks in the first round of the Section 8 3A playoffs, they'll take on top seeded Dilworth, Glidden, Felton at 2 o'clock tomorrow. In Section 8 5A for high school football, Alexandria at Moorhead, Bemidji at Sock Rapids. And in Section 6 2A at 2 o'clock tomorrow, Wadena Deer Creek takes on Osakis, and Sock Center takes on West Central Area Ashby. You can find the full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. Coming up tonight on KDLM, go for hockey. 8 o'clock tonight versus rival Notre Dame. Then tomorrow, sports triple header. Go for football versus Northwestern. Laker playoff football versus Ricori, followed by the Minnesota Wild at the Colorado Avalanche at 8 o'clock. We'll join that game in progress once Laker football has concluded tomorrow. Wild looking to return back to the Excel Energy Center on Tuesday with a 2-1 road trip after having lost to the Seattle Kraken 4-1 to last night. you got the Vikings primetime Sunday night football versus the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. 6-3 pregame show, 7-20 kickoff right here on KDLM. Once again, broadcast schedule is up online at kdlmradio.com. That's right for the Sports Wrap. Quick CBS News break to get you caught up on national headlines and then classic gets roll on KDLM.